Hello and welcome to Bible Marathon. We're all about learning how to read the Bible, about spiritual gifts and giving proper defense and explanation for what we believe as Christians. The goal is to progress with joy in the faith and without further ado, let's get into the word. Let's go a little bit back to what we've been doing for the past few weeks, right? This is the month of October and we have um, been talking about Imago Day, and that just means the image of God. We've started, we started on a very beautiful note with um, Victoria teaching us on purpose, what purpose is, what it's not, and how we're supposed to um, understand the topic of purpose. I think it was a beautiful teaching. Go back and listen to it if you haven't. Um, the week after, we had a special guest, a dear friend of mine, who we call Brother of 4BK. And he came here and gave us an amazing, heartwarming teaching that, you know, caused us to reflect on what it means to deny ourselves and to follow Christ. That was last week. And um, go back, because I think in following Christ is when you find and discover your true identity. So um, that's really the point of that teaching. But today is not going to be any less. In fact, I think we're just taking it up a notch. It's just a notch higher with every teaching series. And we have the privilege of having a brother, a friend, an amazing teacher of the word. Mark my words, I keep saying it. He's been here before, but this is another time he's going to be here. And I can tell you for a fact that if you listen to him teach, you will live blessed. That's that's no exaggeration. Um, so I want to in- introduce you again to my brother, my friend, Sir Daniel Babalola. All right, and he's going to be teaching us something amazing. You already know the title, but some of you are probably wondering, what is Genesis about? Like, what, what are we talking about today? So I want you guys to be ready, put on your thinking caps and your receptive hearts as we officially welcome to the stage in BMG style, Sir Daniel Babalola. Let's do it right now. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome. Hi everyone. Thank you. Thank you so Welcome. much. Welcome. Man of God. Man of God. Wow. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm blushing. I'm blushing. Thank you. Um, thank you, Pastor Ernest. That sounds so good. The last time I was here, that was not what I called you, but levels have changed. We give God right. Um, thank you for the opportunity. Um, I do not take it for granted. I, I, as the levels have really changed, it sounds good. <laughs> um, I think the last time I was here, I said it that whenever anyone trusts you or trusts someone with their teaching platform, it's a big deal because if I say rubbish today, <laughs> it will give account. I'll give account to boys in bigger trouble. So I, don't take it for granted. And thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, hi, everyone. It's good to be here. My name is Daniel. Blah, blah, blah. You can call me Daniel. My mom calls me Daniel. My dad calls me Daniel. My friends call me Daniel. <laughs> I'm just seasoned. Um, Yes, I was told I don't have so much time, but I hope we're ready. I hope we're ready. I hope we're ready to learn. Get your Bibles, get your writing materials, get your notepads, your iPads. If it's an Android, just drop it. Don't bother getting it. Stick with a pen and paper. That's fine. <laughs> um, 
let's I, I want us to sing this song and then I'm not mommy Ugo, but you people just you'll bear with me. You'll bear with me. And I just when I was preparing my notes, I felt it'd be nice to start with this song and then we we go ahead. Uh it you know the song. So it's you have made me a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be living sanctuary for you. All right. So let's sing. I don't have any instruments. You have made me a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. One more time. You have made me, you have made me a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary. For you now, make it plural. You have made us, you have made us your sanctuary, pure and holy, bright and true. With thanksgiving, yes, we'll be leaving sanctuary. For you, amen, 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 amen. Um, that is who we are. We are sanctuaries. Is it... Treasure, good to see you. <laughs> or good to read from you. Um, so with the little time I have, I just want to tell you all a story. I want to tell you all a story. Um, the theme for the month is Imago Day. It's a story about me, it's a story about you, and it's Genesis, right? Literally, what does that word mean? It means the image of God. What is an image? Let's even start from there. I guess it might have been said sometime this month. So what is an image? Yes, they have started passing notes. I just started. They're already passing notes to me. That you have five minutes left. It is well. I know, I know. Don't worry. I'll try my best. <laughs> I will try. When I heard it was one hour, I said, only God can help me, but we'll try our best. Um, what is an image? An image is simply a representation. Sorry, I have to, the screen is distracted. I have to change the screen. Yes. Um, whether physical or otherwise, right? What does it mean to be the image of God? As the theme of today's topic is Genesis, let's turn our Bibles to Genesis 1 verse 26 to 28. Very popular verse. Very, very popular verse. Uh, Genesis 1, 26 to 28. Are we there? All right. I would assume we're there. I can't, don't worry. There's no time. Just, you are there. You are there by faith. Um, it says, then God said, let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God made man in 
his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female created he them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So literally in the first page of the Bible, we see that word there. Let us make man in our own image. And if you ask any believer today, oh, do you know you're the image of God? Say, yes, I, I know. I, imago Dei. Imago Dei is me. The presence of God. I am. As I walk into the room. And, but if you ask them, what does that really mean? What does that mean? Okay, you're the image of God. What does that mean? Practically. What does that mean? Not many people can answer. And that's what we're going to try to address today. The word image in the Hebrew is the word selem, right? T-S-E-L-E-M. And it literally means like an idol. I, you know, Shongo, idol, you've watched all those movies. That's that image. That's an image. And so once it's very interesting that that is the same word that the Bible uses to describe the creation of humanity. We are literally God's idols. <laughs> we are God's, like, that physical representation of Shongo that you see in that, blah, 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 with the eyes and all that, that is who Genesis, or that is what Genesis says we are. And there's just a couple things to pick from those three verses right off the bat. Because when you read Genesis 1, beyond asking, oh, was the world made in seven days, or was it figurative, or was it this, was it that? Let's even listen to what the text is saying. Genesis 1, at its core, answers questions about identity, about who we are, why we exist, why we are in this world. How did this world come about? That's what Genesis 1 tries to answer. And what does it say about human identity? It says that, yes, God made animals, God made plants, God made everything, but that as humans, yes, we're made from the ground. In Genesis 2, it says that God took the, took the dust of the earth and made man and all of that. But we share, while we share similarities with creation, we are still different. Because unlike every other creation, we're created to be what? Images. Images. Before I get, before we, we move on to, we spend more time talking about what an image is. What was the role of those images? To have dominion, to fill the earth, to subdue with God's wisdom, God's creativity, God's goodness. Pretty much just do life. Spread God's goodness around the world with God as the reference, with God as the reference. Now, why is this important? All this talk about image, image, image. If you, if you were born, let's say 5,000 years ago, when Israel existed, you're an ancient Israelite, right? In the neighboring traditions, in Egypt, in Babylon, in, in let's say the land of the Philistines, all of that, the culture, the assumption was that just the kings were the image of God. So, you know, Pharaoh, okay, no, I know Pharaoh is the image of God. Pharaoh is the gods become flesh. So we have to listen to them that just by virtue of their identity, they are more valuable than us. And so I will gladly die for Pharaoh because Pharaoh is the image of God. And I'm not. Pharaoh is greater than I am in terms of identity. And the Israelites come on the scene and they are writing their theology. Genesis is being documented whenever it was. And they are like, no, no. 
it's not just royal people that are the image of God, that are distinct from all of other, from all of creation. We all, we all are that image. We all are that image. And what does that immediately show? The worth and value of every single human being. It doesn't matter whether you are a king. It doesn't matter whether you are a slave. It doesn't matter whether you are male, whether you're female. Every human being is intrinsically valuable. Why? Because they are the image. They are the representation of God. And that's why things like murder, for instance, is a very big deal. That's why you see the church get as agitated as they are about things like abortion. Because it's like, oh, it's a human life. And I'm not here to do pro-life protests. I don't have the time. If you want to hear my views, ask Pastor Ernest. <laughs> don't, ask, don't ask me. <laughs> I, but um, what we see from the very first page of the Bible is the worth of a human being, regardless of stature, size, role, responsibility, physical position, the worth of every human being. At this point, there's still no distinction between the believer and the unbeliever. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. But the, 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 the first message or the first thing you should write is that we all at the image of God. Now, moving closely from that, we see that because we were the image of God, we were asked to dominate or subdue the world and fill it with the goodness of God. So the next thing there is that our identity is strongly tied to our role or our purpose, right? The same way you look at a hammer. I say, oh, it has a flat end, it's heavy, it's made of metal. Therefore, it is for hitting nails. Or you see a shovel. It's big. It's metal. It's for clearing. You don't use a shovel to eat spaghetti, <laughs> right? Because by very nature, its identity determines its purpose. Even just spoon and fork. I know some people eat spoon. You spoon any, even if it is, I don't know, <laughs> what, in W, you spoon. Why? Why? Repent, repent. Plantain, you are using spoon. Yam. Yam and egg, you are using spoon. Why? <laughs> um, but you see that okay, a spoon has is round, it has that, so it's for scooping things. A fork has pointed edges, it's for it's for I, I use spoon for swallow, don't judge me, but I that's its purpose, it's for swallow. <laughs> yeah, I still use spoon for I don't I don't know how to use my hand to eat swallow. <laughs> um, that's no hands are not for it. When you look at your does it look like something that was made for swallow? No, that's not his purpose. That's not his purpose. You're abusing it. But anyway, you see, you see the creation or the, the difference in a spoon and a fork. And its identity or its design determines its purpose. And human beings are no different. We are different from all of creation in that we are images of God. That speaks to identity. But by implication, it speaks to our purpose. It speaks to our purpose. So now let's 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 take it a step further. Let's take it a step further. Um, I'm going to show an image. Who is this? I don't know if it's going to clear. Who is this? Baba Messi. The greatest <laughs> footballer to have ever kicked. The greatest human being to have ever kicked a ball. That's yeah, that, yeah, is. that is who that is. It is Messi. But is that really messy? Like, is that messy the person? No, it's a picture of messy. In fact, strictly speaking, 
It is just colored pixels on a phone. That is what that is. But because of the way it's ordered and everything, like, oh, I look at that picture and messy comes to mind. I remember uh, there's this joke where you are giving a pastor gift. Don't give them, uh, draw, don't draw them anymore. They have, they have gotten too many, right? People have tried to draw. Say, oh, I, pastor, I thought of you. Here's this sketch. I paid an artist. I'm like, this is, this is not me. <laughs> this, it doesn't even resemble the person at all, right? Um, <laughs> but like I said, the, if you give someone a picture, you said, oh, I, I paid an artist to sketch you. It is an image. It is not the person. It is not the person. The point there is that you see the image and immediately you think of Messi. You see the image and you think of the person that the image represents, right? It's simply a pointer. At its core, an image is a pointer to something real, to something real. People in long distance, you can probably relate to this. Let's say you guys came, you saw yourself, you now took a selfie, and the person goes, they're like, oh, I miss you. And you look at that picture. The person is not there, unfortunately. But at least the... <laughs> and that's why you're smiling. <laughs> but the picture represents something. The picture is valuable. Why? Because you're still smiling. Wow. It is well. The, the picture is valuable because it is tied to the emotions and the experiences that are associated with that picture. That's why some of you, after you break up, you just delete everything. <laughs> because as soon as you have no connection with the, ah, Vicky, have you done that? As soon as you have no connection with the person, no connection with the experience, you're like, these pictures are worthless. You just delete it. I don't want to see them again. So like, I don't know that person. I don't know. What does that mean? That you see two things. I've said two things about images. That number one, Ugo, you are guilty of It is well. Number one, they point to something outside themselves. An image always points to something outside itself. And number two, the worth of an image is tied to what it represents. Those are the two things I want to start with or establish. An image points to something outside itself, and the worth of an image, it's tied to what it represents. It's tied to what it represents. And so, for instance, we see Jesus teaching in Matthew 22. They thought the, the Pharisees thought they, they were wise. They say, ah, this Jesus will catch him. Matthew 22, verse 20. Maybe I might start a bit earlier. Let's, let's see. Matthew 22, verse 20. Okay. No, let's start with 17. Matthew 22, verse 17. All right, let's read. It says, tell us therefore, let me start from verse 16. They sent, let me start from verse 15. This is why it's not good to, <laughs> let me start from verse 15. The Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true. Did he whine out? You teach the way of God in truth, nor do you care about anyone. You do not regard the person of men. You thought you can whine Jesus. He said, Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? He says, Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, hypocrites? Some of us said, Eh, it's not lawful. 
is lawful. No, be wise. When people reach out to you, discern the motives of their act. Because this was a very tricky question. If you just said, no, it is not lawful, immediately they would arrest him for treason against Caesar. You're saying we should not pay taxes. That's, that's the end. If he said, yes, it's lawful, pay taxes to Caesar, immediately they would start to say, Jesus doesn't support the Jewish people. He's encouraging us to bow down to the Roman government. So it wasn't a yes or no question. If he said yes, trouble. If he said no, trouble. And in the wisdom of Jesus, he said he perceived and said, why do you test me? Show me the tax money. And they brought him a denarius. And he said, whose image and inscription is this? What does this represent? To whom does it point to? He said, they said to him, Caesar, Caesar. And he said, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. When they heard these things, they marveled and left. They said, ah, Jesus, ah, oh, wise, ah, <laughs> you're too wise. But if they were truly willing to learn, what should they have asked? When he said, whose image is this, Caesar? Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give to God what belongs to God. They should have asked, what is the image of God? And just have said, you, you, you. The same way you see that one and say, oh, it's for Caesar. You should have looked at yourself and said, I belong to God. I should give myself to God. So because of their hearts, they missed out on what Jesus was actually teaching them. But it's a very, very valuable lesson. If you are the image of God, then it means that ultimately you represent him and your worth is tied to how well you represent him. And so what, what God was doing in Genesis was that he said, I have created plants, I've created animals, I've created a beautiful world. I want all of creation to be filled with my goodness. What am I going to do? I would make an idol. <laughs> I'm using that word idol. So like, ah, idol. <laughs> I would make an image and I would plant them and tell them, fill the earth, represent me. Such that the question should be that if you want to learn about God, you look to humanity. You look to humanity. But is this the case? Can you look around and say, ah, this is the image of God. This, this world shows who God is. On some level, yes, we see creativity. We see, uh, we can see, we can see nice things. We can see human ingenuity. We can see a lot. But at its core, we have failed on many, many levels, whether it's in broken marriages, whether it's in bad parenting, whether it's in failed relationships. I don't mean romantic, by the way. I don't mean just romantic, just human relationships in general, strife and fighting and envy, wars, hunger, greed. We are clearly not doing a good job being the image of God. And that is exactly what the fall narrative represents. It tries to answer the question that, oh, this is who we're created to be in Genesis 1. How did things get so messed up? How did things get so messed up? Let's go to Genesis 3 verse 6. Genesis 3 verse 6. Hope, hope we're learning something. Hope it's making sense. Awesome. I'm glad to see that. Genesis 3 verse 6. It says... When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, 
that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took off its fruit and ate and gave to her husband with her and he ate. And all of a sudden, we see that right from the start, humanity was presented with a choice. You can choose to trust God and represent him how he wants to be represented, or you can choose your way. And while you might still say, oh, I'm the image of God, you will probably not do a good job. And that's literally what it meant, that would you take the knowledge of good and evil? Would you become like God, like the devil said? And all of a sudden, you're no more listening to God's wisdom on what is good and evil. You're like, oh, I know what good and evil is. I can trust myself. I can trust myself. That's like a picture saying, hmm, I know, I know, let's say you drip, I know Daniel better than, no, his head should be bigger. He has a big head. And the picture is like, let me make my head bigger, <laughs> right? Just picture that. By deviating from what it points to, it's starting to become more and more worthless because it's no more me. It's a caricature. It's not really my image. And that was what happened at the fall. We're like, oh, I, I know how to represent God better than he thinks. I, I know good and evil for myself. I will do a good job being the image of God. And by deviating more and more, as we see all through humanity, we start to lose our identity. So now follow closely in Genesis 3. What happened as soon as they fell? Verse 7, it says the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. These are the same people that just in the verse prior, it said that they were naked, Genesis 2.25, they were both naked and unashamed. Now think about it. At the beginning, there was no shame. They were reflecting the image of God. Their identity was rooted in God. Everything was fine. All of a sudden, they take they decide to, 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 to choose what good and bad is on their own terms. And the first thing that happens is that they become conscious of themselves. That's the first thing that happens. They become conscious of themselves, conscious of their image. Not only that, conscious of the other person. And so it's now... You, you, you can imagine Eve and Adam is like, oh, Adam has his own, his own perspective of what good and bad is. I have my own. Our, our perspectives might not align. I don't know if I can trust him anymore, right? His perspective of good might not be my perspective. And all of a sudden, I have to control how Adam sees me. I can't be vulnerable because I am no longer just representing the image of God. I am trying to protect my image. And all of a sudden, there's this layer of self that before you can see God, I'm conscious that you are seeing me. Is it making sense? And so you see that, oh, they, 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 they start to gather fig leaves. Oh, I, I don't want Adam to, to, to see me. It, it, do you think it was just that, oh, they didn't want to be seen naked? They, I mean, they've been married for, it's not, it was more than that, right? They had been together already since verse chapter two already said. But what was it about knowing good and evil that brought a new layer of vulnerability, self-consciousness? It's because all of a sudden, 
they were no longer fulfilling their identity or fulfilling their purpose as images of God. And so they couldn't necessarily trust each other. How can I trust Adam? How can I trust Eve? Who knows what she's trying? Do you get the point? And so you're conscious of your image. You're conscious of how you project to the outside world. What was before? You meant to project God, project his goodness, project his love, project his wisdom. All of a sudden, it's not, it's, it's, it's different. It's difficult. It's like, oh no, there's still Daniel before Imago Day Daniel. <laughs> and I need people to, I, I need to be seen a certain way. I, I can't trust the other person. And so I, I need to put on fig leaves. I need to put on fig leaves. And all of a sudden, they become disconnected from the very person they were meant to point to. They, they lose their value. They now have to become images of themselves, self-centered, insecure, right? Because at its core, like I said again about an image, you cannot represent a God that you are disconnected from or you do not know. And that's what we see in the world today. Imago Dei is walking around with no idea of who they represent, who they ought to represent, who they point to, who they point to. And just like Adam and Eve, what we now see is people fighting to protect or project an image that isn't God. It's like they've, they've drawn, they've, they've used, um, there was a good portrait, but you have just brought a bad artist and you've messed the whole thing up. No one knows what you're pointing to anymore. And because your identity is no longer rooted in God, it's now rooted in maybe self, maybe money, maybe career, whatever it is whatever it is, because at its core, you were made to represent something. You were made to point to something. And so that's what we still see today. Everyone's still sowing fig leaves. Everyone's still trying to cover that disconnect. All of a sudden, it's us. It's like the images have become, they've made themselves to be the thing they are, their worth is in themselves. They are pointing to themselves. And that's the funny thing about idolatry, because God says, oh, you shall have no other gods before me. Don't make idols of any god. Why? Because you are the one that you were meant to represent God. You were the one made, you were the idol to start with, to point to God. And all of a sudden, you are selling yourself short. You are now setting for yourselves other images that your life points to, and it's not God. It's not God. And so we see, you look at society, you look at humanity, and, and because we don't know what we're created to point to, we form our own ideals. We, we, we imagine things. We set up idols or gods for ourselves that we, we, we believe we are images of. And you even look at it today. You look at like celebrities and all, like let's say at the Met Gala and all of that. And like, that's, that's, all it's, that's what it's all about. They are projecting an ideal that, oh, they represent some sort of ideal for humanity, the excellence, the perfection. You see, you see, say, ah, Beyonce, oh my gosh, look at that. What if only one day, <laughs> one day, or who, which guy? I don't know. I don't know male artists or actors. Shame on me. Give me one. Emma, give me one. <laughs> give me a male actor. <laughs> I, my mind is blank. Um, 
said Drake. I said, actor, you said Drake. You are a man of God. That's why you said Drake. <laughs> you don't know Batson. <laughs> but <laughs> anyways, anyways, um, we, we see, we see Chris Evans, right? That's uh, Captain America, right? God, thank God. <laughs> I know more than the word of God. Uh, <laughs> um, all of a sudden, we as a society set up images that we look to as ideals because we don't, we've lost our bearing. We don't know what, what, what we're meant to point to, what we're created for. And so we're like, oh, maybe it's Chris Evans. He's, he's great. He looks good. Has a great career. Maybe that's the image. Or you find someone else. Ah, this person, they look a certain way. There's this, there's a certain image they project of perfection, of ease, of beauty, whatever it is. And None of those things are bad in themselves. But the problem is that how we get there is distorted and impractical. Sometimes maybe even spiritual leaders, right? And all of us subconsciously, including myself, we've come to a point where we've, it's so ingrained. Oh, what I drive, what I wear, how I look, how I sound. There's this image that I want, there's, there's a way I want people to see me, never to be caught on fresh. <laughs> there's a way I want people to see me. I'm still trying to find fig leaves still trying to find those fig leaves that ah I don't trust the world I, I don't I, I don't I don't I don't know and I'm still trying to cover myself even people that are like oh I don't I don't I don't care about anything in your mind you are still trying to project an image that you don't care you are <laughs> you are not you are not out of you are still guilty Say, oh, I, I don't, you know, I, I just live life. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. They lie. You care. <laughs> and that's why you care enough to let people know that you don't care. <laughs> right? Um, but that's, that's, that's the point. We're all, or let me say we, we see the world and it's trying to find worth outside what we're created to represent. And like I said, again, in itself, it's not bad. It's not bad to want to look good. It's not bad to want to, I don't know, um, have good diction or dress well and all of that, right? That's not what I'm talking about. This is a matter of the heart. My point is that at every point in time, wherever you find yourself, are you trying to protect or project an image that is yours or that is maybe based on social media, maybe based on some ideal that society has set? that is not God. If that's the case, then fundamentally, you're already, missing, or you're already forgetting what it means to be the image of God. To be the image of God, right? It's something that I want us to reflect on. Like I said, I don't have much time and there are just a few things that I want everyone to leave here thinking about. And if that's one thing that you can, you can take away from today's teaching, I will be glad. That at every point in time, in my decisions, in my life choices, whose image am I representing? Is it mine? Is it what social media has said a good, a, a, the ideal babe or the ideal guy looks like? Is it some form of standard that I'm like, oh, I don't want to be seen a certain way? Or am I stepping out and I'm saying, God, today I just want to represent you it's a question to ask ourselves it's a question to ask ourselves 
Again, think of the analogy of a picture. If you are not portraying the image of whom you are meant to represent, then your worth is irrelevant. You cannot be a picture of your picture. Like, it's, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Like I said, I'm not, I'm, I'm not an exception. This is not me standing on some high pedestal and like, ah, be images of God. Don't, don't know. I am, I'm as guilty as the rest of the world is. Right, if you anyone who knows me, you say, Ah, Sir Daniel is so reserved, so calm, so gentle. <laughs> but then the people that know me, they know that I'm not a serious person. With all due respect, I am very playful. I I am a very, very, very playful person. And there was something that happened um a few weeks back. I'm casting myself, but so that you know that me too, I'm growing in this. We wanted to make a video for church. Right, and I'm not that person. I don't. I don't like. I'm not a person that will say hi, welcome to my YouTube channel. I don't like creating content. I I don't like to be seen as even that kind of person. But it was for church, right? It was it was a good idea, and um, I I said I'm not going to I'm not going to participate in the in the video because I don't want to do it. I I don't want I don't want to do that. All right. And I was meditating on it that hmm, I was like, let my more extroverted friends, let them, let them handle it. I don't want to be a part of that. And I was asking myself that, could it be that in that moment, I was too image centered because it was, it, it was going to bless people, right? At the end of the day, <laughs> tell me, <laughs> you're not a serious person. <laughs> Could it be that I was too image-centered? That in that moment, I, I, I was more conscious about myself than the God I was to represent. It's possible. I think the answer might be yes, actually. And it, like I said, that is something we ask ourselves every day. Whose image am I? Am I my image? Or am I whose image? Am I God's image? Whose image am I trying to protect? My image or God's image? Whose image am I trying to represent? My image or God's image? And I'm not saying any of this now, say that just be acting anyhow. I, say, ah, I, I represent God. I represent myself. I don't care how I act in public. No. <laughs> don't misquote my words. I mean, there's wisdom in being responsible and conducting yourself with wisdom. We see that all through the Bible. We see David in 1 Samuel 18, verse 14. David behaved himself wisely in the king's court. Joseph behaved wisely. Daniel behaved wisely. But ultimately, their goal was not to project or to maintain a certain um, assumption that people had of them. It wasn't to maintain a certain image. It wasn't image management. Ah, people have to see, I am David. People have to see me in the king's house. No, no, it was still for the glory of God. And as I start to round up, um, you can please pass me notes to know how long I have left. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, as I start to round up, what then is the story of the Bible? What then is the story of the Bible? It's simply a story of creations that have failed at representing God. And so our identity, our purpose are all in shambles. We see that there's a huge, oh, wow, I have time. We see that there's a huge disconnect between identity and activity. 
or ability and activity, whichever one you want to say, where I like, we're made to be spoons, but we're all trying to be forks. <laughs> right? That's what you see when you look around. And what you have in the Bible, the story of the Bible, is literally here and there. We see human beings, they are like, oh, this, this, this ideal that we're meant to be, and they're close. You see Moses. Moses comes on the scene. Moses, well, after he kills the guy, but he's humble. He, he leads the people through the wilderness. He, he goes up into the mountain. He's with God for ah, no food, no water. He comes back. His face is glowing. That's really my good day. Has your face ever glowed? Well, if you use a snail mucin, you know, cleanser, hydrant. <laughs> oh, what a glow. <laughs> but literally, Moses' face was shining, radiating the, in the glory of God. He was like, wow, that is my good day. This is the image of God. Great guy. Maybe he's the one that will show us how to do it. Maybe he's that person. And then Moses, they said, speak to the rock. He vexes, he strikes the rock. and like, ah, you're not going to enter the promised land. And you're like, oh, but I was rooting for Moses. It's like, uh, uh, what's that show? Um, I used to watch dun, 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 Ultimate Search. And like, I really wanted this guy to win. I really wanted him to win. And then he's like, oh, no, it's not Moses. It's not going to be Moses. And the Trinomy ends and says, okay, God will send a prophet just like me. Listen to him. And you're like, ah. And I thought it was Moses. No, Allah. Let's, be, let's, let's keep going. Let's keep going. While, while humanity, we're all trying to find out what it means to be the image of God. And then we have many good guys. We have Joshua. We have all these amazing people. And then we have David. And you're like, ah, David. Hey, David has come. Shepherd boy, humble beginning, grass to grace. I love this story. He's, he's in the, he's, he said he sings. He's, he has music skills. He's a fine boy. He can fight. Uh-uh, David, David. Hey. He, he looks at Goliath and says, for the glory of God, I will, I'll kill you. I would I'll, um, <laughs> honor God. And all of that, like, yes, go, David, go, David, go. And um, Saul starts to fight him. He runs in the wilderness. He, like, he just keeps doing the right things. And he's like, ah, David is that king. That Imago day. He becomes king of Israel. He wins the battles. Everyone's like, hey, David, David. And then one day, <laughs> one day, even before internet pornography was invented, uh, he, they went to fight. David said, I am king in Israel. I've done a good. You know, everyone needs a break. Everyone needs a break. And he's at the balcony and he sees what his eyes show. What my eyes can't see. <laughs> he shouldn't have seen it. And he messes up. He messes up. Not only that, so he commits adultery. He commits murder. And it's just like, ah, David, not you, David. Not anybody else, but not David. Not David. And he just messes up and messes up and messes up. And yes, he still ends, like, his heart is still in the right place and all of that. But God says, ah, David. He says, but nevertheless, there will be a king from your, from your lineage. His throne will be established forever. And so we are, okay, we're like, ah, it wasn't Moses, but the prophet is coming. The prophet is coming. Ah, it wasn't David, but a king is coming. A king is coming. That, ah, yes, these guys, they've all failed. But I know that there's a promise. There's a promise. We don't see anyone who 
who shows us what it truly means to be the image of God. We don't see anyone who can be that perfect portrait of, of humanity, but we have a promise. And then a few thousand years later, you, you, you hear of a, a couple that says the wife, the person that was to be married, says she, she gave birth, she didn't know a man. What's going on? You hear of this, this carpenter's son in, uh, in Jerusalem. He started from the bottom now. They baptized him. He said, ah, heaven's open. Ah, who is this guy? Who is this guy? You're like, ah, someone is here. He's healing the sick. Okay, okay. He's, he fed us bread like Moses. Ah, okay. Mm, okay, okay. I'm interested. I'm, where's this going? Where's this going? They tried to make him king. He runs. They were ah, what's going, what's going on? What's going on? He comes on a donkey and everyone's like, hey, king of the Jews. He's like, eh, hey, this is the person we've been looking for. Just one week later, he's hanging on a tree. Ah, what kind of, who is this? Who, who is this one? I beg. And you see even his disciples, they're like, ah, we thought, we thought he was going to be the one. But they kill him. The story I finished. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not the person we were waiting for. It's not the person we we're waiting for. And then he, three days later, you start to hear, eh, have you heard? Have you heard? Have you? We can't find this body. And then people start to say, this is Jesus, the one who was raised from the dead. He is the son of God. He is the son of God. And I'm like, interesting. Interesting. And so, for instance, you see in Colossians 1 verse 15, it says he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all of creation. The same thing in Hebrews 1 verse 3. Hebrews 1 verse 3. It says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power. And when he had himself purged us, since he sat down at the right hand, the majesty on high. And you're like, oh, wow. So this is the image of God. Wow. 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 And so we see the story of the Bible, humans failing one at a time, but there was a promise. And so we see God coming in himself, taking on his image, <laughs> becoming a man to show and to enable us to be who we are created to be. Both by the giving of his spirit, his sacrifice, and by his example. And all of a sudden it's like, oh wow, as humanity, we clearly don't know how to be images of God. We don't even know who we should look to. Yes, Moses, Moses failed. David, David failed. Definitely it's not Beyonce or Drake that we should look to as images of God. And then you come to Christianity and you see the story of a person through whose death and resurrection. And like, this is God. So let's even start from the virgin birth. This is God incarnate. This is the image of God. What man was created for? In Genesis 1, verse 26 to 28, we see it in this man. No flaws. He didn't have a Bathsheba moment. He didn't have a striking of the rock moment. From start to finish, he showed us perfectly what it meant to be the image of God. And what did he show us? He showed us love. 
He showed us sacrifice. He showed us humility. He showed us living not for ourselves, but for others. That is what it means to be the image of God. That is literally the story of the Bible. That we in Christ, or because of what Christ have, has done, rather, we are, we've been equipped, we've been empowered by the Spirit in identity, in ability to be all that God created us to be. We can now actually live out. We're no more broken uh, mirrors or distorted images. No, we are the image of God. We can represent God because we have seen the example in Christ and we have received his spirit. That is the story of the Bible. We can love like he does. We can sacrifice like he does. We can live for, our, for, for, for things that are bigger than ourselves. We're no more trying to, oh, it's all about, no, no, no. It's about God. It's about God. And that's why you go to Colossians 3. Colossians 3. Colossians 3, 9 to 10. Colossians 3, 9 to 10. It says, do not lie to one another since you've put off the old man with his deeds. That broken image, you've put it off. So you've put on the new man that is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who made you or who created him. The new man is renewed in knowledge according to that image. According to that image. According to that image. And that is where we see that distinction between the believer and the unbeliever. Yes, in terms of worth and creative identity, we were all created to be images of God. But we in Christ, we have received his spirit. We've been equipped that such, such that, I, like we said at the beginning, now everywhere I go, someone has the opportunity to see God through me. I'm no more like Adam or like Eve trying to put fig leaves because I, I, I'm, I'm working based on my own knowledge of good and evil or I have an image to protect. No, no, I'm like Jesus. There is no shame. There is no, no I, I can freely by the spirit reflect the image of God. I'm not trying to preserve or protect Daniel. I have a higher call. People can see God through me. People can see God through me. People can see God through me. That's why in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 49, it says, As we have borne the image of the man of the dust, so also we'll bear the image of the heavenly man. We'll bear the image of the heavenly man. Bear the image of the heavenly man. That is what it means to be the image of God. It is a restoration to what God intended, whereas humans, we fill the earth with his goodness. We feel the earth representing him. People look at us and they see what it means to be images of God. That, oh, I, I just, I saw, I looked at Victoria and I'm like, wow, so kind. That is how God is. Oh, I, I saw, I saw if I so generous. Wow. That's how God is. That's what it means to be a believer. That, oh, these Christians, they're, they're such loving people. They're such humble people. They, they, are not, they are not trying to, 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 to project some. No, no, no. They just represent God. They just represent God. And so we see God through his spirit bringing humanity back to that original ideal. Bringing us back to that original ideal. And that's why you, 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 
you see, you can, and it's very intuitive because you see the effects of what it means to be a failed image. You, you, there are many people, they'll be like, oh, I have issues seeing God as father because I had a dysfunctional dad. That is literally a failed, like that's, that's why it happened. Because as a father, you're meant to represent, you're, you're still an imago day as a dad, but you didn't do a good job. And all of a sudden, your children don't know God as father because you failed. That's what God is correcting by his spirit. People, that's why you see, for instance, in Ephesians 5, and he starts to talk about relationships, husband and wife. You are images of what? Christ and the church. People look at you and they see something else. You are a pointer. You are simply a pointer. They look at how a man loves his wife and they're like, wow. God loves the church. They look at how a parent, right? In the city, it says, parents, don't be harsh on your children. They see that and they're like, wow, this is how God fathers us. So as Imago is before you even start to think about big things, oh, I can move mountains, I can shake the world, I'm the image of God. It starts from the little things. As a friend, are you the image of God? Do people see your friend, how you treat your friends, how you interact as a friend? And they're like, wow, I see God in, through you. As a, as, a, as a parent, if there's any parent listening to me, as a dad, as a mom, as a husband, as a wife, as, a, as an employee, that is where being in my good day in God starts. Whose image as I, am I projecting? Whose image am I projecting? Whose image am I projecting? Amen. Does it make sense? It makes sense, right? So that is the story of the Bible. That is literally the story of the Bible. That is the story of your life. That is the story of my life. Amen. Before I round up, do we have any questions? Any questions? No questions. I will take that as a good sign. <laughs> All right. Um, I want us to take the next few minutes and pray. Like I said, what, what we, what I was called to teach was something pretty simple, pretty basic. But now that we know what it means to be Imago Dei, the images of God, I, I want you to, as you reflect, just pray and ask God, the empowerment is already there. You're not asking God to, that's why we started saying, you have made me a sanctuary. Right, you're not asking God to make you and make you his image. You have his spirit. I want you to reflect on areas of your life that you've probably not done a good job representing God, or areas of your life where you're still trying to preserve your image. You're still trying to to or subconsciously or consciously you're chasing an image that the world has shown you as the ideal. Oh, it's this person that works here that does this, that drives this car, has this family, all of that. No, no. We've been called to something more. So right now, just, just begin to talk to God. Just talk to God and whatever, whatever made sense through this teaching, whatever areas the Spirit of God has convicted you of that you need to change. Maybe you're too image conscious. Maybe you've, not really, you've never really understood what it meant to be the image of God. Maybe you're still too, too prideful. You still get angry so easily. Maybe at work, you're like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't want people to know this part of my life. But that's what you were created for. Just talk to God. That, that grace, that, 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 that by his spirits, like Paul said, strengthened by his spirits to represent him everywhere you go. 
strengthened by his spirit to represent him everywhere you go. Strengthened by his spirit to truly live life as his image. To live life as his image. To live life as his image. I know who I represent. I know who I represent. And it shows in my conduct. It shows in my words. It shows in my actions. It shows in my priorities. I know whose image I am. Just talk to God. Talk to God. I know whose image I am. I know whose image I am by, by his spirit. I drop off fig leaves that I've gathered for myself to make me feel more secure. I reflect boldly God and his identity to the world. I reflect boldly God and his identity to the world. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Vicky, you have a question. Yeah, I have a question. Sorry. So um, it's about image consciousness, right? So I just reflect as we're praying. I remember something that happened this afternoon. So it was just me, like, you know, just thinking and stuff. And I remember, like, so you know how we have certain values and we know that it's because of for the, for the sake of Christ, like it's because of being yeah, in Christ, right? So I won't do this because I'm a child of God. I, I won't uh, because I'm a child of God. But then there is this one thing that I know that I was just thinking about, and I was like, this one is not because of because I'm a child of God. The act in itself is not bad, right? But I know that it's not because I'm a child of God that I won't do this thing. It's just because of my like. So, is it? Would you say that it's it's, it's not right to? Um, okay, so let, let me let me give context. So it's about like I was just thinking about that if someone accuses me of sleeping with a man for money, I'm like, this one is not a matter of okay, yeah, of course I'm a child of God. I won't I won't commit, I won't for the case, right? But it's not even a matter of like like my ego won't, won't permit me. Like I can't do that. So like, what would you say? Like should he? really be about my ego or is it I love the fact that you answered the question in your question you said yeah. my ego won't permit me um I do think that and I'm, I'm pretty convinced even from scripture that if your reason for not even doing something wrong is not rooted in the love of God you should check it because it's still it's still self right it's 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 a sense in which you're like if not for the image I was trying to protect, I don't care if people care, people find me. <laughs> people find me sleeping around. When Potiphar's wife wanted to sleep with uh, Joseph, he said, how can I do this and sin against God? He didn't say, ah, they will catch me. He didn't say, no, it wasn't necessary. Well, yes, that was valid. But ultimately, the motivation of his conduct was rooted in God. Was rooted in God. And so... Even if it's like, oh, I will not be caught lying because I want no. If it's if it's not that you're trying to show the world that God is truth, but it's more about me. I, I Daniel, ah uh, Daniel, no, no. Then 
at its base, it might seem harmful because you're like, oh, it's the same expression of good actions, right? But it would, if you allow that to grow, it would lead to a lot of other things. And it's just, what will start to happen is you might come into a place of compromise where your image won't be in question, but it's still wrong. But you've not built up that consciousness of what it means to actually represent God. And so you, it makes it easier to fall. If Joseph's motivation was just about his image and preserving his image, he might have slept with Potiphar's wife because like, no one will catch me, right? Or something like that. Um, I was about to say something, it slipped my mind, but I, yes, at the end, of, I, I can't remember, but at the end of the day, like I said, the motivation of our conduct is still kind of like, um, like righteousness by works at the end. If it's, if it's, oh, I want, I, I want to be the one that saved myself. Yes, you might do, you might act just like a Christian. We see it even in other religions where it's like, oh, just keep doing good, be generous, be this, be that. But at the end of the day, they will stand before God and it's it's not going to count for anything. So we don't do good things just because, um, no, we ultimately want more. And it's, it's a nature thing. It's at the end of the day, as you start to grow to become more like Christ, right? Your motivations and your, your desires will become more like Christ. And so you would hate sin for the very reasons that God hates sin. And it not, doesn't necessarily have to do with you. It is the fact that as my identity has been restored, my nature has been changed. I can't do this because it is not godly. It's that simple, right? That's a very good question. That's a very good question. Thank you. Yeah, that's a very good question. I think it gets trickier. Let me even just add a follow-up. Um, it gets trickier when what is in question is not necessarily right or wrong like it's not bad it's not sin but it's like i don't kind of like the i, I just don't want to be found doing this and then the question is oh, should i or should i not should i or should i not that is very context specific so i can't give a generic answer but as a guiding principle always ask yourself whose image am i conscious of in the moment if it's is it god if it's anything other than God, that's an idol, right? That's, you place that thing up. If it's yourself, then it's like, uh, in this moment, I'm more conscious of myself. You're, that's not what you were created for. That's not what you were created for. Um, but thank you for asking. Any other questions? All right, all right, all right. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Pastor Ernest, once again. Um, it's always a pleasure. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So can you guys do what we do very well here and celebrate? Thank you so much, Daniel. Thank you. It's such a great honor to have you here. Thank you for accepting the invitation. Thank you for making yourself available. Like we don't take this for granted. And I, and I hope you guys have left with a very clear understanding that if you're tapped you know tomorrow and you're asked what does it mean to be the image of god you should do so without thinking you should give an answer without thinking i think that was what this session was supposed to achieve and i hope you've been well fed just like victoria just said so um so daniel thank you so much 
We appreciate you. One more time, you guys just appreciate him. Unmute yourselves and say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. 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 so much. Thank you so you again. Hey there, so we've come to the end of this teaching session and we hope it was for you a teaching and an enlightening moment. We have so many other topics on our podcast that range from spiritual gifts to charisma to interpreting the Bible world and so many others. If you'd like to listen to any one of them, just look through our podcast catalog and find the topic that you'd love to learn. If you'd like to join us Sunday live on MixLR or on Zoom, all you need to do is go to our website, which is bit.ly forward slash bmg live 4 that's the number 4 or you can look in the description and you will find the link to the website there we hope you have a blessed week and continue to grow and progress with joy in your faith